It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 256 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined as always, no matter the continent, by my maintenance man, Willie Saylor, who's coming at us from Italy. Italy. And, and we got wrestling nomad at the table big promotion for the nomad in 2018 he's at the table for any time that willie is in europe nomad's got to see at the table so big day for him big day for us as midlands scuffle in the book and uh yeah there's quite a bit to get to get into willie but let's first let's check in with our world traveler the true wrestling nomad willie sailor what's going on uh, I'm doing well. It is three o'clock here. Um, uh, let's see. PM. Uh, NC State. NC State went to some underground geothermal. I don't know sightseeing. Uh, Okie State's about to get in the second workout of the day here. There, there should be even. I don't know. In about half hour. So that's what's going on over here. Neat. Sounds very Italian. So let's begin. <laughs> Well, let's begin with Midlands. What do you say, Willie? Is that okay with you? There is so much to talk about, and yeah, let's. That's a good starting point. And I think the best starting um, point, in honor of the the ceremony for tomorrow, freeing the <laughs> Lee. I think we should. I think we should be discussing one Spencer Lee. So, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Dan. Well, I was just gonna say. This was surreal, like being being Matt's at first, because obviously it was the most talked about Midlands final potentially uh, since Burroughs Howe, right? I would say, and but they they had a bunch of good guys. I mean, right, Rivera, Russell, and uh, Ronnie Bresser. So when he teched Sean Russell, everybody's like, okay, well this is this is probably going to happen. But Ronnie Bresser had other plans. Well, not only that, but Sebastian Rivera nearly beat. Nick Soriano, and we'll, mm-hmm. maybe we'll get into that match this this episode, maybe not. But that that match is a, a topic of itself. But Spencer Lee, Ronnie Bresser, I, I think 
first of all, you give credit because Ronnie Bresser is is as tough as anyone to take down apparently in the country, having navigated Dayton Fix, Spencer Lee, Nick Suriano without getting taken down at any point in time. So that was huge. But the the finishing sequence there, um, the final thirty seconds, I I'm just baffled by the tactics employed by Spencer there in, in that last thirty to see him. And we, we have this clip of the final moments of that match where Spencer, he's got a minute 11 running time. There's 36 seconds to go. And Bresser's out, and he's around the waist, and Spencer inexplicably tries to throw a leg in when Bresser's around the waist, and it ends up putting him in this bear hug position where he gets inside trip taken down. Okay, so that's a whole thing. Like, what was he thinking there? Just kick him. You got riding time, and Bresser is probably not going to be able to take you down 20 seconds. But then you get to this reversal potential situation where Bresser's got a side headlock. He's on his back. He's Spencer has the leg lifted, and there's no call. There's no count. There's no nothing. And time runs out, and Spencer can't get the reversal or any points for it. And in a rule that maybe nobody was even aware of— <laughs> If you're not attached, you can't challenge, which is, it's up there. There's some bad rules, but that could be the dumbest. Oh, man, there's so much, there's so much rule stuff. I, it's weird. You know, we, we cover wrestling uh, full time. It's our full time job, and we watch everything. And yet, this weekend, this past weekend, with Midlands and Scuffle, there's so many rule stuff that you would think that covering it full time all the time for 10 years, 20 years, you would see every rule in the book, right? We didn't know, we had never even heard that if you're not attached, you can't challenge, which is monumentally stupid. Uh, there's the there's the concussion rule that affected DeSanto, and there's the, there's the didn't give choice thing to G Feller. It's like we saw all these weird things. Well, the, the DeSanto thing I didn't know. I mean, what didn't you know about that? No, we did. I'm saying we, you don't see it often. Oh, the concussion. Last time I remember seeing it was Jake Ryan and Jason Knopf when they when they enter protocol and they literally leave the venue or like the or the yeah the arena. I'm pretty sure Jake Ryan did that against Jason. I could be wrong, but they can like there's it's an unlimited amount of time. They can take you back in a room and Unlim- evaluate you. Um, at that point, my mind and we're already we're on DeSanto now, but we'll get back to Spencer. Um. To me, if you have to leave the the room, then it's too much of a question, and then the, the match is over, in my opinion. I get the, the the head safety. For that reason, if you have to leave to get evaluated because we're not sure, we can't assess you on the mat, then let's just call it, right? Yeah, and a bunch of people I, – I said this as well. Like, I feel like a bunch of people misunderstood what I was saying, which is, um, like, I want there to be such a high priority on safety – that if it is a question that can't be resolved in two minutes, you're done. And beyond that, why didn't they just move the semis to, like, 141 to maybe Matt's one and two or whatever it was to, to kind of get those well, rolling? Because that could have been that could have been 45 minutes. It would have been well, holding they knew semis. It no, I don't think you start moving semi-mats around. We're, no. Um, so they did that with DeSanto, uh, and unfortunately that match couldn't, couldn't finish. So back to Spencer. Back to Spencer. One, he couldn't challenge. Did anybody? Did anybody say? Did anybody say why that's a rule? I mean, that's that's absurd. I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I have no clue because 
One. Well, you know what? Because of the because of the team allocation, like you know, in a tournament, a team gets like three challenges yes. around or something, whatever. Is that what it is? A, a wrestler should get. You know, if you enter a tournament, you paid an entry fee. You don't get your. Basically, you go into the tournament with a disadvantage. Who wrote that dumb rule? Who wrote that rule? So, and also, you know, looking back, that's that is a. If they had entered him attached, because they knew full well they're going to pull his red shirt Friday, that's been known. Why not just enter him attached and then you have that? Maybe I mean that probably doesn't. You probably don't factor that in. Who's thinking that far ahead? But maybe had they known that, we can't challenge. Then maybe you do consider entering him attached, if not for that reason, knowing these matches are going to count for his NCAA record. So that's the thing, Ooh, right? Yeah. Is, maybe they didn't know. I wonder if they knew. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they knew or not. I mean, Mark Perry attempted to challenge. So for that reason, I I'm pretty sure he didn't know. And Mark Perry's been coaching Division One for years now. So maybe maybe whether he knew or didn't know. I'm not sure. He's also probably he's never sat in the corner for an unattached person up until this year as well. Um, okay, so um, what what is your take on the call? No call. I don't know. Is that too? It's weird. Well, one, he's in a side headlock and they never counted, so there's that. The, some people were saying locked hands. I don't see how it would be locked hands when it's a side headlock, right? But they could have begun counting mm-hmm. there. And hit him with stalling. Now I don't think Ronnie had been warned. Maybe he had. Regardless, I think he had. I think so too. Now, now that you mention it, because I remember us kind of playing this scenario out. Even if they hit him, it's three-two. The the thing that would have helped Spencer if there was a locked hands, because that gives a point and it stops riding time. But how do you call locked hands there? I don't know. That's mm-hmm. a, I mean, you're allowed to you're allowed to lock your hands on a cradle. You're allowed to lock your well, hands on a lo- side headlock. It wasn't locked. It wasn't locked hands, but it very well could have been stalling. That's that James English rule, really, right? James English? Mm-hmm. James Fleming. Oh, Fleming. Yeah. There we go. James Fleming used to always do that side headlock, and it was, you know, it was stalling, basically. Yeah. And uh, that's why that rule was in- implemented. I mean, that they could have started counting. They probably should have started counting. Yeah, it's it was a weird scenario. At least... Um... You know, I don't. I don't think you can give loss of control there if you can't give a reversal. So I don't know. A weird, weird final scenario, but it all started. The only reason we're having this discussion is because he chose not to kick. That's the only reason we're talking about this right now. If he kicks him, he wins. But made. I think he made a, a tactical error, and it cost him. Cost him the win, and it cost him a shot at. And Nick Suriano, who looked vulnerable, you know, much more vulnerable. And that's um, of the things I I came into the weekend thinking, coming in, coming into Midland Scuffle Week thinking. I thought Suriano would win the tournament. I thought he's the best guy. I thought he was removed from basically everyone outside of the NATO Cruz, um, Spencer Lee, and maybe Lee Zach Tier. I thought everyone else was a rung behind. But watching him beat Rivera under not questionable circumstances, but just a very close match, a match where, you know, there's a pretty controversial one and then two for Nick Soriano. And then um, I, I just felt like Sebastian and Nick were well, I thought that was a relative. I, I thought that was a really shaky call too. I mean, I thought, I don't know if that was one and two, but uh, overall 
there's so many things to be gleaned, right? When you're when you're evaluating these guys and evaluating the results of Midlands, there's so many guys that you have to look at and say, does he go up a notch? Does he come down a notch? I think um, you saw the Soriano matches, and you're thinking, well, maybe he is beatable, uh, and maybe Bresser is better than anybody. You know, he has a close match with he has a close match with Dayton, and it's like, okay. He had a close match with Dayton. But then he beat Spencer, and now you're thinking, okay, Bresser is a problem for pe- for some people, right? Yeah. Bresser is better than so, – so stock up Ronnie Bresser, right? How much, do we, how much do you look at Spencer and say, well, maybe he should come back down to earth a little bit in our psyche, right, like in our hi- hierarchy? Um, well, I think, I think what, I I'm, what you learn is – if you if you want to play that um, that evasive game, like R- Ronnie does it perfectly. He does it in a way where he's level changing and attacking just enough to not get hit for stalling. But if you're not mm-hmm. tied up with Spencer, Spencer's going to thrive on guys that are coming at him and countering yeah. and scoring from their aggression. But if you, if he's not in contact, it's going to be really hard for for Spencer to score. So I think. In a way, they're in a way they're creating a, a a template for how to beat Spencer. And I do think, yeah, little back little back down to earth. And, and while his top game is transcendent, he couldn't ride out Ronnie Bresser in the third period with the match on the line. And with well, not only not only could he not ride him out, he couldn't turn him. Correct. I mean, Spencer. We're, we're looking at Spencer, and and Spencer's turning everybody like a top, and um. He couldn't. He couldn't turn Bresser, so that was interesting. And, and you know, he couldn't take down Bresser either. Well, I thought was really interesting right off the bat was that Bresser comes out, and to me, I don't. Maybe I'm looking too much into it, but to me, it looked like Bresser watched tapes of Jordan Oliver wrestling Brent Metcalf. I mean, he literally posted on the shoulder, created space. Posted on the shoulder, created space. Low single. Uh, in the first period, he almost had a takedown. I mean, he was in really deep. Um, and then he kept doing that post and create space, but I don't know if he took another shot the whole time. But um, And Spencer's incredible at... He, he gets that Russian tight, like, with ease. But he was, wasn't able to turn it into any scores. Um, so, you know, Spencer wasn't able to get a takedown. He wasn't able to get a turn. No. It shocked me. It shocked me. No, so, look, you know, looking at that, that exchange, you know, it, we'll, we'll look back on it for a while. But yeah, I do shift a little bit at how I view Spencer coming into this year one, and then with Soriano Rivera, I'm saying stock big time up for Sebastian Rivera. Seeing him attack and get to legs that frequently against Soriano, who's a guy very few can penetrate through his head and hands and get to his legs because of his speed and just um, pristine positioning. So seeing that, it's maybe a little bit like, okay, Suriano, is he as good as he was a year ago at this time? I'm not sure yet. Um, is will... Rivera better than we realize? That's possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. You know, you, you evaluate Spencer, you evaluate um, – you evaluate Bresser, and you evaluate Suriano, but then you say maybe, maybe, maybe it's just Sebastian Rivera being better than 
what we think. I mean, we all knew he was good. Um, maybe, maybe not quite that good. Um, and what brings us to a next topic, sort of, is I, after that, after those semis, I was like really looking forward to watching Spencer Rivera. Oh, yeah. So then, and, and what Willie's alluding to, after Spencer loses, it, five minutes later, maybe 10 minutes after that, Spencer leaves medical forfeiting out. Which, first of all, if you look at Midlands and Scuffle brackets, it's just littered with medical forfeits. I mean, it's medical forfeit here, medical forfeit there. The guys are just, they lose, all right, backside, I'll pack it in. So now the question is, why did he medical forfeit out? One, you know, he's got a, a knee brace the size of Kentucky on his leg. So it's like, okay, did he re-injure himself? That's the obvious paranoia for, for Iowa fans and really everyone. Um, it didn't sound like that was the case. It sounded like, hey, Spencer's healthy. He could have went, um, chose not to. Whether that was a coaching decision, Spencer's decision, you know, who really knows? And we don't have any um, – I don't think Coach Branch really gave any clarity there in the post-Midlands interviews on why he defaulted out. But he defaulted out, and that's something where, you know, kind of the Iowa mantra is you lose, you go and get the next best thing. I mean, that's just like ingrained. You know, Gilman was talking about that last year when he lost to Cruz. You know, he's like, you know what, I got to cut this weight. I got to go back and get – Get the next thing. So, you know, it could be somewhere Spencer just didn't want to wrestle back. It could be somewhere Spencer hurt his knee. Spencer wasn't feeling healthy. I mean, with a guy with a guy with his injury history, um, you can kind of understand some caution uh, as well. Yeah, but at the time, I thought, yeah, maybe that's a thing. But then they, if he's going to wrestle Friday, you'd think that the knee's all right, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that. That basically suggests to me, you know, Spencer was was healthy. It was a healthy medical forfeit, of which there were dozens this weekend. I mean, just mm-hmm. look around. They're, they're everywhere. People, they lose. They don't want to come back. They medical forfeit out. It's a, it's kind of a distressing trend in, in college yeah. wrestling where I wish it would be interesting if – a medical forfeit actually counted as a loss. I, I haven't thought it through all the way, but we would get a lot more, a lot fewer of these. There's a, there's plenty of healthy defaults out or forfeiting out that happen, and uh, it could definitely prevent some of it. So some sort of like punitive. So if like we're on the backside, right? Concy semis. It counts as a loss. Yeah. Right. But they but the the way it works now it. It does not count as a loss, and I get that too. I don't want, I don't want a guy that breaks his ankle to be punished for matches he could not physically wrestle. But it well, is, would, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. And you don't want a guy, you don't want a guy that's legitimately tentative, right? Like you don't want a guy that's legitimately. Uh, has a has an injury or a, a, a something that's nagging um, to be sort of forced to wrestle, but at the same time you don't want a guy you don't want the masses like we're seeing to just be like, yeah I got my matches and I'm done. Right, right. So he forfeits out. 
remains to be seen healthy, hurt, just didn't want to wrestle back, etc. with Spencer. But people were not happy about that, and I'm I'm with you, Willie. I was really excited for that potential third place match between Rivera and Lee, and I, I think we would have had it um, if they both chose to wrestle. But as it stood, Rivera ends up taking third at, at Midlands and and really looked looking great doing it. And does does do we now enter Rivera into this big four at Big Ten uh, discussion? Nathan Tomasello, Nick Suriano, Ethan Lezak, Spencer Lee. I think, I think we absolutely do. I mean, um, he went toe-to-toe with Suriano. Um, if he lost 2-1 to Suriano, I would say, no, same, no. I would be like exactly about where I pegged him. Suriano's going to beat some guys by a point or two here. There, but, but to see him mix it up and score, um, that's right, yep. impressive. And and not just big tens, but um, one twenty five has become a pretty fire weight, right? Uh, it was it was it was top heavy before. It was good before. You know, you have the two returning national finalists back, and and uh, some guys some guys moving up, and Nathan Thomasello coming down. Um, but with the emergence of of a Sebastian Rivera and the entry of Spencer Lee. I mean, now you got 125 is fire. Yeah, and let's keep it at 125. Uh, came out yesterday or maybe before then. Nathan Tomasello going to be back, going to wrestle against Maryland. Ohio State scheduled to wrestle Maryland and Rutgers this weekend. Not making the trip, or maybe he's making the trip, but he will not wrestle against Nick Suriano. So, which... While we're discussing it, the the reasons why. Why would Nathan Tomasello wrestle on Friday, not on Sunday? And Ohio State has been, and and for not, for good reason, Ohio State has held guys out, probably more than any other power program in the country. That is their reputation. It's it's earned. But one thing that I want to kind of push back against is the, the notion that this is seed protection. This is not seed protection. The, the, you are not when you have not wrestled a match all year long. It's not protecting your seed to duck Nick Soriano. Okay, it's not. You're not helping your seed. They're not looking at okay. Well, he's a, a champion and got third. He only lost one match last year, so he's starting at number one. And if he's four and zero going into Big Tens, you know, the, it's not gonna. It doesn't work like that. That's not the way the current seeding process even works. So that's that's yeah, not a I guess, that's not a but, thing. So what you're saying is right for those out there that says he you know Tom Ryan is protecting Tomasello's seed what you're saying is the way the system works Tomasello doesn't have any points right now. He has no seeding points. He's not doesn't have anything to protect. If he had won let's say hypothetically had he won Vegas and he'd been wrestling all along and he'd beaten a bunch of guys or had he beaten Suriano this year, and then he was going to hit him at a duel and didn't wrestle. That is definitely which we have, which we've seen. We have seen that scenario, scenario right? Uh, but that's not what's happening you know, here. That's not what's happened. So I agree with you. I don't. It's. I mean, I don't see how you. I don't know if I agree with you. It's just like indisputable, right? I mean, he doesn't have anything to protect. Um, but I have a. I have a love hate with. Uh, with. I guess sort of Tom Ryan's methods. I love it because, um, and respect it because he's, this is the system and he's doing what's best for his guys. And I'm not sp- speaking specifically to 
Tomasello's uh, situation, but Tom Ryan has gotten criticized in the past for, say, like, n- not wrestling Bojo against against Mark Hall in a duel or w- what have you. Um, but Tom Ryan, Tom Ryan sort of does this, and um, that's the system we have. He's he's doing what's best for his guys for the end of the year using the system that we have. Now, that's the love part. I love it. He's doing what's best for his guys. The hate part is we just don't get some of the matchups that we want to see as selfishly as a fan. Right. And, you know, the the regular season, whether they want to say it matters, doesn't matter. It, it matters for fans. Fans want to see big matches. And when you're deprived of a, a, a big-time match, that hurts. That hurts the season. But – and maybe this could be – and from my understanding, this is uh, the way it was explained to me. The the Maryland match is more like a, a, a simulation thing for, for Tomasello, just getting a match. And mm-hmm. th- they would be really – if we understood the scenario, we would understand it, was, it is pragmatic for them to not wrestle Nick Soriano right now. But at the same and, time – Nate, here's the also- issue. Here's the issue, Willie. NATO – is a victim of the previous Ohio State um, infractions, we'll call them, where they sit guys that can wrestle. And because of that, NATO gets kind of lumped in this basket. Fair or not, you're going to get put there because you're on Ohio State's team, and Ohio State does do this. Well, here's the other thing. So in in the past, they sat this guy, okay, we we blame Ohio State for doing that. They sit this guy, okay, we blame Ohio State for doing that. They come out and say NATO's not wrestling against Soriano. You can't blame it. It's a different situation. And uh, another thing that goes into NATO's situation, I would assume, right, Christian, you probably know. It sounds like you talked to somebody. But um, it'll be the first time he's making 25 in a couple of years on a one-hour weigh-in. Uh, that's, that's a learning curve. That's a, that's a curve in itself, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a consideration. I think it's more his health. Than, than the weight, honestly. That's how I read it. Well, Coach Ryan said two things. One, he said they would prefer the, <clears throat> to have an open tournament instead of instead of a, ma- a dual meet. Um, and then the second thing, like it, whatever people think about him not wrestling Suryana, but it, it's going to be hard to hide him anyway because then, then you go Lezak and Spencer Lee back to back. So wait, like, wait. if they are the, uh, trying to do anything, which I don't think they are, he's going to have to hit one of those guys real soon anyway. Right. Prefer you know? to have an open tournament? Yeah, Tom said, I don't, if you saw the article, Tom said, ideally, we would send Nathan to an open tournament this weekend, but there's none available that, that really work. So he, we're what just, was wrong with last What was wrong with last weekend? What, Midlands? You think, you think Midlands is the <laughs> Midlands is the one? They're wanting to get a look at him, so send him to Midlands? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, uh... Yeah, okay. they're they're thinking like Wilkes Open. That's they're they're looking for one of those guys, a Matt Town Open, not yeah. so much Midlands. There's a reason he's not wrestling Nick Sirianni. He's not wrestling Nick Sirianni on Sunday. I don't think he'd want to wrestle him after five matches in a in a in a Midlands and final. Back to back weigh-ins. Back to back weigh-ins. Yeah, that's called trial. Okay. By fire. So that's that's their decision, uh, and we're gonna have to live with it. And as you mentioned, he's got Lezak and Lee back to back, but then. You know, at Big Tens, he's got to beat those guys too. So it's just further kind of evidence that 
doesn't really matter for seeding. It's all in front of him, and he's going to eventually have to beat those guys. He can't run. He's not going to get this, like, one win and then hide in, like, the EWL and win that conference. He, he, he wrestles in the Big Ten. He's got to go there. He's got to beat those guys uh, eventually. So we'll get those matches at some point. So and, that's so that's good. And he's even going to have, like, pretty sure they close out the year with NC State, right? So then, he, so then he'll get another possible one with, like, the top Foss. ten guy in Foz. So he's going to hit top ten guys quickly. Oh, and the battle of the worst weight cuts of all time. Yeah. Jeez. Enormous 25s. So, hey, well, this is the 125 special. Let's get to Darian, and then we can move on. No one is sleeping on okay, Darian. So no, no one is sleeping on Darian good. Cruz. Uh, it needs to be said. Yeah. All right? And, yeah. and also— That's the story at the scuffle. The story at the scuffle at 125 is Darian Cruz in the finals, and then some people say, well, look at Darian. He's— He's doing it. Everybody slept on him. Everybody. He's a. De- I've never seen a defending national champion um, so written off before the season begins. Uh, one, one. First of all, number one. Nobody's writing. Nobody is writing him off. Nobody has ever written him off. Number two, he beat Jay Swarm. Number three, he lost the first match of the season. Yeah. So listen, there was there was no other there was no top ten competition in the scuffle field for him. Okay, he he wrestled no one. Of course, he he beat the mess out of those guys, and he looked great doing it. He's an NCAA champion, uh, and it's expected. And yes, he did lose. He did lose to Nick Piccinini, and you can say he's undefeated all you want, and his NCAA record is undefeated. But that match happened. It was a seven-minute folk-style contest in the middle of wrestling season or in the beginning of wrestling season, and he lost. So while that's a that's a conversation into itself too, right? Is like. <laughs> He's undefeated, and it, it, it got the discussion going at seventy four with Hall and Valencia. Is uh, is the guy really undefeated? Look, you're playing semantic games. Um, there was a match that happened. One guy won and one guy lost. Don't play that stuff. But um, right. You know, so I feel like I feel like Darian could win the whole thing again. Of course. But to but for you know sometimes Christian, you say. Um, Sometimes you say, "Well, Willie, you take you take one thing a guy says on a message board, and you say that everybody's saying it." Is is that the case with Darian? Is is are there a lot of people saying that uh, the country sort of is disregarding Darian or I don't making know. him second fiddle? I don't or, know or the scope. Maybe it's just Mason, but no, I don't think it is. I, I I think it's I think I think it's. Uh... I think it's more than that. For the record, there are other ranking services. I know we like to believe we're the best, but that also don't have Darian at one and have him in the three, four, five range. Yeah. That that also believe that the All Star match counts. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not alone in this. And also, if if it comes down to like a, a writing off thing or a picking thing, if if Christian says Suriano will beat Cruz. Now he, you were most definitive of anyone, yes. but like w- when we pick, it's a percentage thing, right? Yeah, it's, it's like a 70-30 thing, as opposed to just like, yep, hundred percent, he's gonna mollywop him, he's gonna attack him, <laughs> of course, him. yeah. I, I, if if you're I, asking I, me who's gonna win, Nick Suriano, Darian Cruz, I say Nick Suriano will win, and there's a there's a match, there's a seven minute match that supports that point where Nick beat him soundly. Now, could he beat him? Of course, he could beat him. 
Darian Cruz has beaten a lot of good guys. He beat Ethan Lazak. He beat Thomas Gimlin. And obviously, he can beat Nick Suriano. But that's not my pick, okay? And that's fine. That's not disrespectful. That's not sleeping on someone. And what do you – what does anyone care? What do, Like he can't win NCAAs again? I mean, the guy, he's taken losses in the regular season before. He lost two last year. He won NCAAs. What's the oh, – I don't get it. Yeah, people – it's funny when people do that. It's like, well, who do you got? Okay, well, the data maybe says Suriano, or the data says maybe Nathan Tomasello. And then let's say Cruz goes on to win it, and then those people were like, told you, told you. Like, you didn't tell us, right? <laughs> yeah. There's data there. Uh, can can Cruz beat them all? Yeah, he can. No question about it. So, well – 31 minutes in, we haven't left 125 pounds. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to shift it into overdrive here, Willie. Just putting a bow on Midlands. Iowa wins, runs away with it. Wrestling Nomad, um, got the Hawkeyes fired up. They had some comments after after they won. Just like the U.S. Open. Just like the U.S. Opens. Good. He did the Dake uh, Dake Burroughs thing called Dake. Um, I'm pretty sure he had Rutgers beating Iowa, and then. Now Arizona State beating Iowa, and um, <laughs> I, I didn't see the I didn't see Milhoff coming, and I that was mm. that hurt Arizona State a lot. Yeah, that hurt a lot. Well, but, they had five champs. Yeah, the five champs. Iowa I, had- yeah, more than more than Milhoff struggling. Iowa won five but of the I'm, ten. Ways. I'm saying Arizona State got like third or fourth. Yeah, I right? know. Yeah, they not a great tournament for them. I mean Valencia. I mean I don't know. I mean I don't know if he's regressed. You're talking Anthony. And, yes, of course. But Anthony is is not that doesn't look good at all. I mean, I think if he's in a if he's in a tight match, it's gonna be I think he's gonna struggle to win a win a really tough tight match. I don't know. It's been it's been weird to see him come out. I mean, he's hitting desperation moves in the first twenty seconds of a of a scoreless match. And knowing his bottom issues, he, he struggles to get away. It was really surprising to see the risk he was taking. Then he gets ridden out for almost two minutes by Schleifer, and then Schleifer goes on and wins and um, falls to Marinelli in, in the final. So Arizona State, you got Tanner Hall and you got Zahid Valencia, but other than that, I'm not sure where major so, points are coming from. So, Christian. Yo. Iowa, Iowa goes on, and they win half the weight classes at Midlands. Mm-hmm. They're getting Downey back, or they're getting Downey. They're getting Spencer. Um, Penn State has Nick Neville's lose. They have Jared Cortez rolling ankle or something. Uh oh! Don't don't say Ohio. It. Ohio, Ohio State. Uh, well, I guess they're still what they are, but we haven't even seen NATO. Uh, is there is Iowa a contender? Mm, I'm I'm not ready to say I I don't think so I don't think they're a I don't think so I don't think they're a title contender because I don't think I'm not sure that Spencer Lee maybe he is a title contender it's possible it's tough to say that he's not a title contender in any tournament well, he enters Spencer Lee is a title contender well well, well maybe guess, maybe well, is Ronnie Bresser a title contender because I'm um, I'm gonna say no definitively I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, but Spence just because just because Bresser beat Spencer in one match. I know. 
I, 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 right. I don't think Bresser is a contender because I don't think I don't see Bresser running a gauntlet. I can see I can see Spencer running a gauntlet. Yeah, I, I anyway. can too. I can too. But I'm he's not going to be steamrolling through. That's obvious, right? He's not going to be Sean Russelling uh, type matches his way to the finals. Yeah, well. No, 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 I'm not saying he's gonna bonus. I'm not saying he's bonusing his way to the title, but I think he's a, I don't know, he's a top five guy. I think. I mean, right? Well, I, I guess what I want to highlight to the people that are saying or people that are starting to think, ah, eh, maybe I would got a shot. I think, I think what needs to be highlighted is, um, I would got some of those champs at weights that weren't robust. Sure. I think, right? Yeah, they yeah. Like, heavyweight like, wasn't good. Ninety seven wasn't good. I don't know if you can count I don't know if you can count on Cash Wilkie making the finals. Oh. Uh yeah, as, no as much as I'm as much as I as much as for one ninety seven is sort of down anyway in the whole grand scheme of things. And as much as I, I, I'm not poo pooing Cash Wilkie because I am thoroughly impressed with the strides he's make made. But I don't think you can look at that dominant performance and move that over to NCAs. Well, yeah, I mean, come on, say, come on. No, no one is penciling Cash Wilkie for anything resembling top three. Okay, um, that's obvious. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't think I was not entering the Ohio State Penn State conversation. Period. All right, I'm not. Maybe they can give us a couple of duels. That it's up to them to show they're going to duel Penn State, Ohio State, and Oklahoma State. They can change my mind. But right now, Ohio State and Penn State are, are the clear one and two teams, and then I think Oklahoma State is the third, and I think they may be beyond Iowa as well. So we'll, we'll see. I want to see the team together. I want to see Pat Downey wear the singlet. Everyone says he's in. I'm hearing a lot of 99%, 99% in. 90. Well, to me, that sounds like – What is 99%? How, how could you be 99% in? How can you be 99% in? They're not, I mean, to me, that's that says there's a there's one hurdle here and they got to get over it. That's how I read that. I'm just reading tea leaves. But to me, until they say he's in, here he is, he made weight, he's wrestling. Um, now he's wrestling Keegan yeah. Moore and Carver Hawkeye. I'm not ready to go there. So let's see mm-hmm. that team on the mat. Christian, I have a question for you. Mm. Um, I was told by a person yesterday, <laughs> uh, not like someone in, in Iowa, um, Downey can't start wrestling until the second semester starts mm-hmm. because he wasn't previously on the team, as opposed to uh, guys who are like ineligible. on the team, academic ineligible, who can start at the end of the first semester because they were already on the team. Right? Is that accurate? That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's correct. So we hundred percent can't wrestle this weekend. So the earliest we could see him is Oklahoma State. State. Okay, Oklahoma State. So that's the plan. Oklahoma State for PD three, but a lot of ninety nine percent talk. I like I like definitive. So let's see him get in. And then uh, we can we can start having maybe a more involved conversation. But a couple of things I want to say I was wrong about. Definitely, I should I should have trusted my instincts, but I talked myself out of it. J- Jacob Warner not a title contender. I should have known after the Woodley loss, not a title contender. Definitely not a title contender. He he, I think he triple dipped from the semis. Hey Christian. Hey. Well, uh, getting into that is 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 Iowa going to have a problem at ninety seven going forward? Like a good no. problem? Like no. What, what are you, Wil- you going to get cash down to eighty four next year? Yeah, Wilkie's in eighty four, so they say frequently. 
So if if Wilkie's an 84, it works out great. He goes 97 this year, cuts down to 84. Then you've got Warner for four years at 197 pounds. But he falls to Brunner and Brucky in addition to to Cash Wilkie, who he lost to in overtime. Um, So Warner's going to be a monster. He'll probably win national title or two, but not yet. Not yet. He's not in that tier, and I was wrong to put him as a title contender, um, especially as we've seen the issues that Willie Miklas has continued to have, him getting uh, losing to Danny Chade and one Ben Darmstadt. So I think you could combine all that stuff and you say, okay, Warner's going to be good, but it's not his time yet, and it would be prudent for them to leave the red shirt on him for sure. And that one was kind of, I mean – that was like way easier to predict than the Spencer one, right? Because the 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 production levels you're getting out of Wilkie are much higher than we we all thought you'd get out of you know Stickley or Perez. Well, no one ever thought you'd get yeah right exactly. Uh, that's exactly right. So Iowa wins. Stoll beats Hall in a weird match where allegedly now this is this is coming from the Arizona State side, but I asked I was like, what did Tanner say? And all Tanner Hall allegedly said to get the penalty point was he had one finger. Now, if if we're deciding matches on him saying he had one finger, when maybe he had one finger, uh, there's a picture where Sam Stoll has one finger. Screaming that, we should not be saying, I mean, sort of having the F word in there or, or swearing or really coming at the ref. I don't think, I don't think you, I think you warn him there. Right? Okay, hey, watch it. Watch what you're saying. That's disrespectful. Whatever. You don't hand the guy the match. You don't hand the yeah, match uh, away like so that. I wanted to talk about officiating. I was going to wait till after scuffle stuff because there was a couple things there too. But, um, I, like, it's tough for me to say uh, that was a bad call by the officials because what if Tanner Hall cursed? I doubt it. I doubt it. But I wasn't there. You know, I didn't hear it. What I do know, though, for sure, is that in three consecutive finals, uh, the, the the officials determined the winner, late points, the, the winner, right? I mean, Tanner Hall gets hit for a penalty point, determines the match. Uh, Suriano Bresser tries to defend a takedown. They hit him for. St- I mean, it's it, you're causing. The outcome of the match. Yeah, yeah, they were they definitely inserted themselves, especially at at heavyweight at, at one twenty five. You can say maybe Mike Haggerty is the only one actually following this rule, this edge rule, because the rest of the officials are not on board. Because I watch all weekend, guys kicking out with single legs. It's not called stalling. And Bresser did it. He got called. Maybe that's what he's supposed to do. Mike Haggerty, one of the most respected officials in the game. If that's the rule, then then he followed it. But it's not getting followed elsewhere. So Ronnie doesn't know how to – what's he supposed to do? If he knows that wizarding towards the out-of-bounds line is going to lose in the match, he wouldn't have done it. But he probably just watched Frank Matty Ace dive out-of-bounds on a single leg and thought, okay, this is probably acceptable. Wrong. You're wrong, Ronnie. They're going to hit you for it. I don't even think, though – and I and I understand Haggerty's uh, reputation. You know, he guy's been around forever. He's a good dude. I just don't think it – what Bresser was doing was egregious or blatant enough to to call stalling. He's trying to defend. Is he inching out? Yeah, sure, he's inching out. 
What do you want him to do? I mean, do you, is he supposed to press, pressure back in here? Um, it was not near as evasive as some other things I saw this weekend, including the, the Matty Ace exchange. So, but back to back to heavyweight, just briefly. I, I Listen, I, I had the, the pleasure of, of attending both Midlands and Scuffle. I'm sitting Matt's side for a ton of matches. You hear everything that's said. I heard one match, a kid dropped multiple F-bombs loudly, loud enough that I can sit there with headphones on and hear him on the mat <laughs> swearing, right? I'm hearing the F-word loudly, okay? Nothing, not a, even a word was uttered to this kid. So for, so for in Tennessee Chattanooga to hear frequent F-bombs and then knowing that Tanner Hall lost a match because he said he had one finger, that doesn't sit well. So... It's not the rules, officials. It's your consistency or lack thereof that is maddening to me. And I watch so much wrestling that I see how inconsistently you guys are calling it. And that is making um, wrestling really difficult to understand. Well, I mean, maybe we should just publish the video that you put on that you put on Twitter because it's so when you when you have these conflicting situations juxtaposed next you know placed side by side mm-hmm. this gets called action this gets called being evasive this gets called okay this gets called stalling and they all look exactly the same uh, it's the most damning evidence that you have and and kudos to you for 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 making that um that's something I think everybody needs to see so that you can say, you know, it's not just us being armchair quarterbacks and complaining about officiating. This is tangible evidence. How are you, how are you supposed to act to win a match to defend or not defend or do what you're supposed to supposed to do in certain situations? If there is such a discrepancy in the way it's the same action is called. So if you're listening to the show and you you want to see like definitive in my in my opinion evidence? Go to Christian's Twitter and look at it. Okay, so that's Midlands. We're gonna have to go rapid fire because we got a hard stop in fifteen minutes, Willie. Um, what? Yeah, I know we got to. So for that reason, let's go to scuffle. We talked about twenty five. Darian Cruz. Enough said. I think we can move on from there. Um, he won thirty three. What what were your thoughts there, Will? Um, Santo is a maniac. Christian, the funniest, one of the funniest things I've ever heard on a call, and I don't know if you ever heard this term, but uh, they asked they asked some baseball player about hitting in uh, with runners in scoring position mm-hmm. and with runners off base, and it was like a home run hitter, and the and the guy said, every time I come to the bat. There's runner. There's a runner in scoring position, meaning I can hit a home run. Right. <laughs> and you, you said when, when DeSanto just cautioned, he could not stop himself from just wanting to get after it. So he got all these cautions. Christian said, every restart is a scoring opportunity for his opponent. <laughs> it is. Is I mean it was true. He he was out of control. His first match. You got to go back and watch his first match. Really, he actually gave up a point. He just he doesn't wait. He just gets his foot on line and he just steamrolls forward. He's he's must watch every time. Whether he is way better or on the same level or whatever, outclassed, he is much watch must watch every time. And it's, the funniest the funniest so funny Willie, here's the funniest part. Willie, Willie, Willie. Who will be like, my bad, dude. 
Th- that's why I was gonna I was gonna tell that story. He got his oh. second caution against Boston. He just steamed. He's not even waiting for the whistle. Coach Azevedo says, "Austin, wait for the whistle." Austin goes, "I am." And then he like just barked back like immediately, just like he's just emotional. And then afterwards, he just like looks at him. He's just like, he's like holds up his hand like, "Sorry, <laughs> like my bad, coach. <laughs> like my bad." It was hysterical. But he lost to Mueller by default, and then Mueller proceeds to go six minutes and twenty nine seconds of riding time against Gary Wayne Harding, and that's all there is to say about that. Jack Mueller. Potential finalist contender, I'll say it right now. 141. These two swashbucklers were out there exchanging. Nick Lee and Caden Gefeller, match of the night. Only got four minutes and 50 seconds of it before Gefeller put him away for the fall. Um, Lots to talk about. That match was so fun. Um, Just to see the points going on the board and those guys getting after it. And uh, I thought... I thought when right, – here's another rules thing. But I thought when Nick Lee got those two quick back points, I was like, okay, now Nick's going to probably pull away. But, nope, G-Feller came strong. Boy, he got that Turk. Mm-hmm. Um, it really impressed with both guys. And not just not just in that match, but their, kind of their whole tournament, right, Christian? Yeah, I mean, with for Nick Lee to, to pinfall – Josh Albert, upper body. Um, that's that's a telling exchange. To see Gefeller get by someone as savvy as Karam, even though Karam's just a redshirt freshman, um, I thought that was telling. Now that, I don't know if you have the clip or not, Nomad, but that was a crazy match, the Karam Gefeller one, because... Crazy. And this is, I'm sorry, officials, I don't want to do it. I don't. The only reason this match is super interesting is because y'all forgot, Okay. So what happened was they're in a they're in a an exchange, right? In a scramble. And Karam gets hurt, right? He gets hurt in the in the scramble and takes injury time, okay? Now, what happens after that is or what's supposed to happen is you see on your screen here if you're watching the the video version, they're kind of ankle to ankle. It's a weird position and Karam gets hurt as uh Gefeller's kind of like turning in there in that scramble. So when you take injury time, you give up choice, right? That's the rule. Okay. Well, they don't offer Gefeller choice at all. They just go back to neutral, and Karam gets a takedown. Um, I don't know if we can fast forward to, to that point, Nomad. But what happens is Karam gets the takedown, and the officials realize, I guess, that, oh, shoot, we didn't give him choice. So they, they're going back to the table. And then it was like kind of looked like a dawning for for Derek Fix, and he's like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll go neutral." So basically, they go back to that point, and they put them neutral before, um, <laughs> <laughs> like the takedown didn't happen because you don't want to go under Luke Karam, right? So he goes neutral. It's, he- so, it's so funny for so for a couple of reasons. Like, well, one thing I'll say, I'm sort of glad it happened at the scuffle because I think I think. This sequence or this situation will be talked about by all the officials and they won't miss it. Like they w- I will be shocked if this happens again this season because all the officials are going to be talking about this and be like we got to make sure we give the guy choice after injury time. So it, on one hand I'm glad it happened now and not at NCAAs. Um but the the other funny thing about it is 
then it would have been one thing if they said, hey, we didn't give him choice. We're wiping everything off and going back to that point in the match. And then G. Feller took bottom. But they wipe it all away. They go back. They go, what's your choice? He says, neutral. <laughs> it's like... It's like it never happened. It's like, wow. Yeah. They're doing the same thing over. They're doing it again. Now, the the obvious major takeaway here, or the major discussion point, 141, what does Penn State do? Jared Cortez yet again injured and out. Nick Lee goes through the tournament. He makes the finals before losing to Gefeller, but he beat a top, he beat number seven, Albert, in the semis. I, I think the answer is obvious. Knowing what Ohio State has, You've got to wrestle Nick Lee this year, no questions asked. You got to. It's not even a. It's not even a thing. Um, I I don't know unless there is some crazy thing that I'm overlooking. Why do you not wrestle Nick Lee? I mean, Cortez. One Cortez is not as good as Nick Lee. He's not going to go as far as Nick Lee. He's not going to score as many points as Nick Lee. Two Cortez has been often injured. And even if, you know, if you say Nick Lee, Nick Lee will take fourth or fifth and he'll score X amount of points. You can't say, well, Cortez will take seventh or eighth and the margin will be just a little bit. It's, it's not, it's not that it's not even that. Uh, and, and Cortez could get hurt again. I say, you, you know, you got to put in Nick Lee, you're going to put in Nick Lee and you want him to get matches that count. So put him in right now, pull his red shirt right now. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I don't think they have another option now. I think this is going to force their hand. He's clearly ready. One, uh, he's, he's I think probably at this point indisputably a better wrestling option, and the health just takes it over the over the top. They need every point. Free this Lee as well. While we're on the the topic of Penn State starting situation, the other big question they have now, one ninety seven Shakur Rashid, pinslaying his way to the Southern Scuffle title. And a, a lot of people are, are like, well, it's, you know, the tale of two guys. You got the more fundamental guy who doesn't have the, the losses. And then you got Shakur Rashid who's got this upside with bonus. And I don't think people are actually looking at reality. They're the same guy. One has a higher bonus point ceiling. Anthony Kassler drops matches. He lost mm-hmm. to Jacob Holschlag. He lost to... Garrett Hoffman, okay? So it's not like, well, you are you got a more consistent guy with Kasser because no. Rashid has basically identical losses. He lost to Darmstadt, and he has one other pretty solid loss on the year. I could look it up here real quickly. Who? Give me a sec. Rashid, Rashid lost to Matty Ace? Mm, right? Oh, yeah, it's Matty Ace. Matty Ace and maybe it's not – Maybe it's Darmstadt. I'm looking it up right now. We won't have to talk about it for long. But the point... Yeah, you're right. They're not... It's not like one guy's more consistent than the other. Right. It's one guy... They're the same consistency level. The other guy just pins everyone in the first period when he's he's really on. So why... um, Especially at 97, right? Like, 97's not incredibly deep. And so if... if, Even if you say Rashid has a ceiling... um, He's still going to rack up. He should rack up bonus points in round one and two. So he's lost to three. he lost to Kyle Connell and um, Ben Darmstadt, and C- Connell's not bad uh, either. So I, I think if nothing else, Rashid's earned a start or two, right? You give him a shot, and you know if he continues to drop matches, then 
okay, maybe maybe it's Kasser. But, but does it play into anything, Christian? In your opinion, does it play into anything like at any moment, Kasser could get injured? Uh, that shoulder could that shoulder could rear its ugly head in Big Ten quarters. No, I don't. I I think he's just fine. I think basically what Mike described it on, I think on the finals broadcast, he's like, basically he had the shoulder problem, right? And they did kind of a half measure fix the first time around. Okay. So he missed that big portion. He comes back after a quote unquote surgery, right? And it immediately happens again. So then they Mm -hmm. start from square one and then they did the re the thing completely over again they did a more um complete surgery and that worked and now he's fine so Mm -hmm. i don't think that factors in at all i think you just evaluate them as wrestlers and their point scoring potential and you say right now he's not say it out loud he pinfalled the guy in less than a minute that beat casser in overtime whether you want to say that was a bad call against casser i don't necessarily disagree that I thought Kasser out-wrestled Holschlag in the match that he lost. It doesn't matter. The guy got, got right. cross-face cradled immediately. Well, uh, playing devil's advocate here, because I believe that Rashid should get a couple starts. I think Rashid should be the guy, at least for now. But playing devil's advocate, what if I said, well, Rashid's been cross-face cradling everybody People are going to look at tape and stop that, and what happens when they stop it? Why are they just now watching tape on the guy? He's been cross-face cradling guys since high school. It's his move. I mean, everyone watched him in the quarters. You think you and I didn't know that cross-face cradle was coming? I mean, everyone knows it's coming. That's his That's his thing. He's been doing it as a 65-pounder. He's doing it in high school. He's doing it now. Um, can you scout it? Sure. Should you belly down and get flat, parterre deep? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, Guys know what's coming and it's happening now, and for that reason, yeah, very I, true. I, I don't see what the what very the big true. difference. All right, is. well, I, I wanted to go, I wanted to go overtime because there was so much to talk about. But I guess we're getting, um, we're, we're we're limited to an hour today. I wanted to ask you about this though. Um, are we seeing as exciting as Midlands was and Scuffle was? I mean, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just. It's great that they're split up, and for like four or five days, we're just watching awesomeness unfold. Um, but are we seeing, are we seeing a little changing of the landscape, where more more teams are not competing over the holidays or over that weekend? And I'll lay it out like this, Christian: These are the teams. These teams Go. did not compete. At Either tournament. Number one, Ohio State. Number three, Michigan. Number four, Okie State. Number six, NC State. Number seven, Missouri. Number 10, Virginia Tech. One, two, three, four, five, six of the top 10 did not compete in either tournament. Right, yeah. Um, I think for Oklahoma State, it's just you take them out because that's it's unique for them to not compete. And um, they're mm-hmm. gonna, they'll probably be back at the scuffle next year, I would imagine. But yeah, Ohio State, mm-hmm. nothing new for them. And, and I think... There's something to be said. If you don't go to Vegas, you you have to do one of these, in my opinion. I, I think you're foolish if you don't commit to one of the big three. Vegas, Midland, Scuffle. you got to send your team to one of those. Because those are basically the only multi-day weigh-in tournaments where your guys are going to get challenged and really face 
national caliber dudes. So I think you got to go to one of the three, and I think it's been proven you don't have to do one. Penn State won last year. They didn't do either. Um, Ohio State's won before. They never do one. So, yeah, it's fine. I don't know if it's a trend necessarily. I think it's just um, a combination of, of factors. But certainly you don't have to do one of these, and, you, and you'll be just fine to, to skip them. That's for sure. Yeah, um, I'm just wondering if it's it's going to continue. If there's going to be less teams, um, I think it's cyclical in these, in these two tournaments. Uh, I definitely 100% think you need to hit multi-day weigh-in tournaments before you hit your conference tournament for sure. Uh, but I, I, you know, you say Penn State didn't do it last year, but. Penn State was preparing to go to Reno, right? Which is a multi-day weigh-in. No, and it got snowed out or no. something. Reno's, it, Reno's one day. Reno's one day, so they were hmm. not going to have a multi. Um, other than maybe, maybe they went to some. No, opens aren't two days. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Yeah, so Penn State season worked out for them all right last year. So yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of different ways you can craft the the schedule, and it makes sense, but. We 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 gotta go. It's nine. We gotta play the outro. We music. gotta go. I wanted to talk about medical forfeit now and all that stuff, and I wanted to talk about what well, we did, Grandpa. Yeah, uh, not we didn't get all the way into it. Oh, I want to talk about the the bottom thing, the choice thing, oh, which gosh. is not in That's its own show. Uh, that's its own show. I want to talk about a lot of stuff, but. We'll get back to you. Yeah, we'll get back to it. Willie is in Italy because we've got a duel tomorrow. NC State, Oklahoma State live on flow. We've got Iowa at Michigan State. Spencer Lee's debut live on flow wrestling. We've got a ton of Doc B's this weekend. I didn't even realize that, which could mean Colton Schultz, Seth Nevels. Schultz, Nevels, provided these doctors don't screw that up. All these adults ruining (laughs) the great wrestling matches. But with that... We're up out of here. Thanks so much. We'll be back next Tuesday. Well, I don't know when Willie's getting back to the continental United States. but we'll No, get- I can do it Tuesday. We'll do it Tuesday, one way or the other. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Later.